Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast, All Kidding Aside. I'm your host, Crystal Bartelzi. And of course, this is the podcast where we talk to all different women, women from all different walks of life, uh, some who have kids, some who don't have kids, some who have decided to not have children, some who are still on the fence. I'm really excited about our guest today. Our guest today is Catherine Jenkins or Dr. Catherine Jenkins. She's an author and academic who recently completed her PhD in communication and culture at Ryerson York Universities. She's taught professional communication skills to medical practitioners at the University of Toronto's SPP and now teaches professional communication at Ryerson University. She has published a poetry collection and a novel and has several other projects underway, which she hopes to focus on this summer. Welcome, Catherine. Thanks, Crystal. Nice to be here. Amazing. And reading your your little uh, bio there, I mean, I'm exhausted. You have done so much, like a true academic. Well, I'm, I'm working on it. It's a work in progress. You just made me feel very dumb in that moment as no. I was reading that. I was like, wow, you've accomplished so much. So uh, so the, the teaching is over right now? The teaching's over yeah. for the term. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm into grading mode at the moment. Okay. And I have a, a spring course beginning in May, uh, which I'm looking forward to. It's one I've taught a few times, and it uh, usually attracts older adults. Okay. And so it's a slightly different mode of teaching. And uh, they bring a lot to it as well. So it's, it's a really fun course to, to teach. Excellent. Okay. So a little bit of a break, but not really. Well, more of a break coming up later in the summer. Okay. Was it, a, was it an intense year? Somewhat. Less so than some years when I was trying to finish the uh, PhD dissertation and I was also teaching part-time. That was extremely intense. Okay. And how long did it take you to get your PhD? Um, just over six years. Just over six. Okay. Just in case, you know, I'm thinking about, about getting a PhD, which is amazing. I think it's incredible you got that, but, uh, just to, just to plan for six years of my life that I would dedicate to that. Okay. Um, so we've been talking a little bit, so, um, just so our listeners are familiar. So you do not have any children. No, I don't. I have cats, not kids. You have cats. Okay. And how many cats do you have? Uh, at the moment I have one. Oh, one. Okay. I was like waiting for like nine or something. Like no, I, I think there is a possible future where I'll be a crazy old cat okay. lady, but I'm, I'm trying not to go in that direction. Yeah. Um, often I've had three, and that's comfortable for me. Beyond that, it gets a little bit extreme. And, and hairy, very hairy. Yeah, yes. there's that. Okay, I wasn't trying to put you in that stereotype of the crazy cat lady, but I just, you know, there's a lot of women that don't have children and they have cats. Yep. Is that cat like your little child? In some respect. This particular cat is, he's a pretty demanding guy. He likes a lot of attention, a mm-hmm. lot of affection. Uh, when I come home, he is right at the door waiting for me. He wants to be picked up. Mm-hmm. And when I'm working at my desk he tends to be all over me so he now has a little box which is his box to lounge in while i'm working (laughs) on the computer Great. Just like a child, right? Yeah. It needs you all the time. Yep. Except you can leave him yes. and not feel too guilty. Right. I assume, yes. Had you, like, was it a conscious choice to not have children? Was there a reasoning behind it? I'm, I'm going right in with the personal stuff. Yeah, I mean, it, I was thinking about this in, in the lead up to our interview mm-hmm. and sort of recognizing that even from childhood, I had a strong feeling that I wasn't that interested in having children. I was given dollies to play with and they just didn't interest me. I was much more interested in stuffed toy animals. And I feel that that has grown into uh, an interest in 
cats, but also an interest in animals in general. I've done a lot of fundraising and donations toward things like the World Wildlife Fund. Animals, in a sense, attract me more than people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right from childhood, there was kind of a sensibility that I was less interested in making children. I don't think I made a really conscious analytical decision about it till I was about 30. And I did actually consciously sit down and go, okay, I think I want to actually make a decision. Am I someone who wants children or not? Now that I'm, you know, a decade or more into being sexually active adult, I wasn't in a relationship at that time. But I really wanted to understand that aspect of myself for myself. And what was interesting was that the decision for me seemed to be very much a, a, a real world decision, a global decision, <laughs> as, a, as opposed to a very personal decision. I thought about things like the arguments people make mm-hmm. when they think people should have kids. Some of the arguments that were occasionally addressed to me, such as propagation of the species. And it's like, I'm, I'm sorry, but in my lifetime, the world population has essentially doubled. It's crazy. I don't think that, that, that the world population, the human species needs my offspring to continue propagating. I think it's doing a fine job without, without my help. Mm-hmm. So there was that argument. Also, Thinking about the effect of that many people on the global population on the world in terms of the environment, in terms of the damage being done to the environment, in terms of the damage being done to other species, because there's so many people, it's edging out other species and encroaching into their habitats. And the other thing was just around how I feel about the world. I mean, generally, I'm a pretty optimistic person. But the fact is that throughout my life, there's been a war going on somewhere. While we get smarter in terms of how we use technologies, how we can maybe use technologies to create food and more secure food, there are still people starving. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And I remember in a more cynical moment, the line came into my head if you really love your kids, don't have them, which is an incredibly cynical thing mm. to think or to say, and not something I think I've ever verbalized, <laughs> because I know it's the kind of thing that would make a lot of people upset. Okay, well, okay. So you, you just said so much there that like is making, you know, the wheels spin here and um, spoken like a true academic. There's Those are a lot of legit reasons, you know, and, um, you know, I appreciate you saying those because a lot of people don't maybe tackle those issues or whatever. Like, those are reasons for not having children. But I don't know if then parents right now listening, if that if they think about that, or it upsets them, you know, because a lot of people say it's a rite of passage to have children, or um, it's about wanting to leave a legacy. Like, like, how do you feel about those comments? A couple of comments. Um, the one thing I think is for me personally, I'm a really creative person. I'm a writer. I've been a musician. I like taking photos. I hope to get back to some painting sometime. There are lots of places for my creative energy to go. Making a baby is sort of the ultimate creative act. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. really is. And that's awesome. I kind of feel like I have lots of other ways of leaving a legacy, lots of other outlets for my creative energy. The other thing is that, I mean, I, I have friends who have kids. I have family who have kids. Kids are amazing. They're incredible people. 
And most, I'm, I'm agreeing. I'm actually yeah, nodding my head, yeah, but I'll, I'll just say yes because the listeners will be like, "Wow, this woman's really a bitch. She doesn't even think kids are amazing." Okay, but yes, I do agree. Kids are amazing. And and I know most people that I know who have had kids really wanted kids. Mm-hmm. They really wanted kids. Sometimes they waited until they were in the right relationship. Sometimes they waited until they were married uh, or until they were in a better financial position, whatever it was. But they really, really wanted a child. And they always knew they were going to have a child. Right. And I think that's great. Like, I think those women, like, you know, because I've never felt that either, right? But I think there's some women that have hardcore felt that and then great for them for having children. Absolutely. And I think, you know, people who genuinely want children should absolutely Mm -hmm. have children. However, those of us who aren't terribly interested in having children, I don't think should feel pressured to make babies because of of a a social or a familial sense of pressure. Mm -hmm. Because that that is the the pressure, which we'll get to as well. Um, Because a a couple of interesting things you said, you know, and I I talk about that a lot, that we have different ways of um, reflecting our creativity. Like some people, you know, as you said, is kind of the ultimate to make a child, whereas, you know, I do it through my art or my show as well. And you had mentioned too, your love of animals. Like, I don't think anything can ever actually replace a child but for you it's animals it's your writing you know that's the way yeah. you unleash that you know which is completely legit and also my fear should I have a child I wouldn't have as much time to do the art that I really want to do and that that's a big concern I have you know I'm sure it will just shift or change you know my my shows my writing would reflect I guess the new position I'm in but that yeah. that's a fear that I have well I, I think it's a matter of priorities mm-hmm. Having a child is like an enormous project mm-hmm. that you're going to take on for at least 20 years. Yes. Yeah. I know. You can't give so it back, right? You can't, can't give it back. You can't put it back in the mm-hmm. mailbox, right? It's yours and it's your responsibility. So for people who really want that, who really crave that responsibility and all of the good stuff mm-hmm. it brings, that's awesome, mm-hmm. right? Some of us. I think I would potentially, at moments, kind of resent having that pull on my time, on my energy. I ended up uh, doing a lot of caregiving for my parents through most of my early adult life. And there were times that I kind of resented Mm -hmm. that. It was a caregiving situation. And it meant that that was time that I wasn't working on my writing, on my career, on my academic career, on my finances, on anything. And then there was probably, or I don't know if there was, but I assume there was maybe some guilt then. that you Did you have those feelings of, now I feel guilty because I'm taking care of my elderly parents, but I feel guilty that I'm wanting to go write and do my own thing? You know, it's interesting because I think sometimes people assume that there's guilt uh, mm-hmm. that, that accompanies taking care of older parents. I actually never felt any guilt and I think it was because I quite literally put my life on hold yes. for about 10 years. Okay, which which a lot of people have to somewhat do with, with a child, right? Yeah. And, yeah, things change and you're not able to focus primarily on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and it's, a, it's a weird thing because, I, you know, in some respects, 
having a child could be perceived as a rather egotistical thing to do. I want a mini me. And I know people who've had children because, well, they needed to leave that legacy. They needed an heir. Right. Okay. I don't even know what that means, though, because no. honestly, I still assume, like, should I have a child, you know, and then eventually I pass. Like, again, what the kid's just going to talk to me to their, their friends, you know, hopefully saying my mom was great. But like, where else is, you know, I just don't get that whole thing. It's not like, you know, hopefully one day, but I'm not famous right now. Like, I'm just saying, like, it's going to be that one kid running around the playground or an older adult talking about what a great mother I was, but that that's my legacy, you know? It's a genetic legacy, yeah. though. Okay, fair enough, right? Yeah. Your DNA is passed. Yeah, I know, but, like, who cares? That, you know, like, I don't, I, I'm really, who cares? No one cares. I, the one person I'm thinking about who this would be ascribed to, it really has to do with someone who's made a lot of money mm -hmm. and wants to forward that to the next generation. Mm -hmm. What else is he going to do with it? I mean, and I can think of lots of things he could do with absolutely. it. Absolutely. But for him, that's what it means. Okay. It's leaving that kind of fiscal legacy, which again, I'm like, what? I, I don't kind of get it either. Yeah. But I know it's one of the arguments that gets oh, me. I, I, no, and I hear that all the time as well. But I just, to me, that doesn't make sense. Like that would never be one of my reasons for having, no. for having a child, you know? Um, and, but the topics you brought up, like I talked about that as well, like the environment and, and just the way the world is, you know, I've said this endless on probably other episodes as well. You know, the world was always a messed up place, but especially now, I mean, I watch the news at 11 o'clock at night and I, you know, I'm so terrified of what's going on in the world. One of the nuggets of wisdom mm. that stuck with me from high school biology had to do with closed populations. And this specifically had to do with yeast. Now, yeast is actually a little fungus, right? Yes. You put a bunch of yeast in a test tube with some sugar for food and you mix it up with some water. And what happens is the population grows and grows and grows and grows and grows until it runs out of food. And it's created such a, a, a polluted environment that the population tends to crash. Mm -hmm. And it may have a slight recovery and then it's done. The world at the moment is a closed population, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? We're wasting a lot of food. We can create more food than we used to be able to through, you know, modern yeah. chemistry. Oh, all that good stuff. And, you know, yeah. genetic uh, altering of, you know, I mean, some theoretically safe technologies that I don't entirely trust. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, even so, as I say, there isn't enough food to go around. Right. Theoretically, there is, but in actuality, people are still starving. Well, because we see that all the time, every exactly. day. It's, it's everywhere you look. Where are all these people going to go? I mean, yes, there's a move to populate Mars, right? Mm -hmm. For kids who are teenagers now and future generations at huge cost. Obviously, that's only an option for very wealthy countries, oh, okay. yes. for a very select few. And it's a one-way trip. Mm -hmm. I know. Really? Do you want to go do that? I don't know. Or maybe I just go and have children on Mars. I don't know. Maybe that's another I option. Don't know. You know, the other option is to colonize the seabed. Right? Mm -hmm. Again, not an option for most people. You know, there, there are some developing countries that actually have on uh, rivers or shallows have whole little villages that are floating. That's sort of moving in that direction. But you know, ultimately, where are all these people going to go? And again, what's the cost to the planet? Right now, 
we really are a closed population. And some would suggest that we've already exceeded the limits that the world can manage. If we were all still hunter-gatherers, mm -hmm. uh, we'd have a fraction of the population we've got right now. Right. So okay. we've already expanded beyond mm -hmm. that. Yeah, so, um, yeah, you're, you're, I guess, saving the planet by not contributing, you know, one, one more person and doing the best that you can, you know, but I guess still some people would argue that, that exactly that. Oh, it's just one more person. What's another three children that I'm going to contribute to this planet, you know, and it's still it's still a rite of passage, I guess, to have kids. But, you know, we definitely see the impact that it's having on the planet. And it's frightening. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the same argument could be made that, you know, just because I use a cloth bag to go to the grocery mm. store, what effect is that really having? Mm. But it's little steps. It's, it's little by little. little steps. You know? And I think when I was a bit younger, I felt quite strongly and quite positively that I hadn't contributed to the ridiculous <laughs> population explosion. Right? Mm -hmm. What's interesting, too, is if you look at, you know, where populations are increasing and where they're not increasing. I think that's problematic in some respects too. And, and you know, I don't want to go all, you know, Malthusian on this and say, you know, only some populations should increase. I'm certainly not saying it's that. It's okay. You're the most intelligent person we've had, we've had on this. <laughs> Give me your theories. Well, uh -huh. again, I think that people do have a choice now. Mm -hmm. Which, which we didn't have, really have before. Well, people have been attempting birth control since the ancient Egyptians with, yeah, mm. you know, varying levels of success. Birth control is fairly accurate now. We really do have with our generation, you know, really from the 1960s on, people really do have more options in terms of making decisions. Mm -hmm. So I think it's appropriate that people actually make those decisions. Well, I think that's what stood out for me that you really, you know, you still had that moment where you, you made that decision, which is, you know, still a little bit, I'm kind of still swaying back and forth, right? Hearing these arguments, I go one way. Yes, those are all the reasons I don't want to have kids, you know, speaking to a new mom, you know, I get pulled in that direction. But I, I think it must be a relief that you made that decision. And, and that you had the ability to make a decision, you were allowed to make a decision. Absolutely. You know, and, and as I said, I mean, I, I did get pressure. Uh, certainly my mom was all over me. Are you an only child? No, I'm uh, I'm the youngest of either three or five, depending on how you calculate wow, it. Wow, okay. And, um, and, and do your siblings all have children? Yes, they do. They do, all of them? Um, actually, yeah, they do. So okay. I have to think about that, the half-siblings. So, yeah. so you're the only one that didn't have kids? Yeah. And you're the youngest? Yeah. Okay, and what kind of pressure did your mom put on you? Oh, God. She, you know, she kept saying to me, oh, you're going to want kids. You're going to regret it later. You need to have kids. And this was, you know, when I was in my 30s uh, and she was kind of saying, well, you know, you need to be getting on with this. I was born when my mother was 45, which no way. at that time was pretty much unheard of. So, you know, she she was putting a lot of pressure on me. At the time, I wasn't even in a relationship. And it was like, what are you expecting from me? Because I certainly had decided that I didn't want to be a single parent. Mm -hmm. I'd, mm -hmm. I'd witnessed that in a few too many cases. I, you know, I grew up for the most part in Peterborough. There were a lot of young single mothers and they struggled and it was not pretty. It was awful for them and it wasn't great for their kids either. Yeah. And I really didn't want to be that. Um, 
And I had sort of decided I didn't really want to have kids, but if I found myself in a solid, stable relationship with someone who really wanted to have kids, I'd consider it. You know, I maybe could be talked into it as long as there was someone else there. Okay. But I was never in that situation at at the right kind of time. Okay. Right? So you've never been with someone that in a relationship that put pressure on you to have children? No, in fact, quite the opposite. Mm. Frequently, I have found younger men especially making huge assumptions that, well, you, you know, you're a woman of a certain age, so of course you want babies. And it's like, I know you haven't actually had that conversation yeah. with me. I, I hear that a lot in the dating world, like women that yeah. are just on that cusp of like, this is their last hope for having a child. And they think, you know, by going on a date, men are going, oh my God, this woman wants to rush into this tonight. Yeah. You know, whereas some women have made that choice. They just want to go and meet a partner. Yeah. And I, and I think that that is an assumption that, that some, especially younger men make, and perhaps even so men in their thirties or forties, mm-hmm. it's like, uh Oh, I'm dating someone in their forties. They know it's the last chance. They're going to want to make a baby next week. Right. Yeah. And, um, it's interesting because part of me sort of, because of that whole discussion, there was a point when I thought, you know what, A, I'm really busy. B, I really like my life as a solo project. I'm not averse to being in a relationship, but I really don't want to be having this continuing discussion about kids. Yeah. Like, because it, it, you know, certainly by the time I hit my 40s, it was like, yeah, sure, it's still possible, but I'm so, really not interested. Okay, so you're, you're past that point now where yeah. you feel like, it's, it, you know, if you got in, you're not dating anyone now. No. Okay, so if you got in a relationship, you feel that that conversation wouldn't even happen because it's... I, I think it's point. less likely okay. to happen at this stage. I mean, if I were in a relationship with someone who had kids, that would be awesome. Yep. You uh-huh. know? Similarly, if I was in a relationship with someone who didn't have kids, that'd be, that'd be awesome too. Right? Okay. You'll take what you can I'll get. Take what I can get, you know? Um, and, I, if, and if what I can get is continuing to function as a solo uh-huh. project, I'm actually really happy with that. Has there, has there been an instance where you were on a date and you experienced that from someone like that was thinking that was your, I don't know, your main goal. Fortunately, no. No? Okay. Um, But I certainly have had conversations with women where that absolutely did happen. Mm -hmm. And it was really unpleasant for them because they, you know, they were really involved in a relationship with someone and they called it off because they didn't want kids. And it's like, but you haven't had that conversation. Yeah, that's crazy. Right? I know. Don't, so don't jump the gun there. Huge you know? assumptions being made yeah. about what women want. Just because you've got, you know, the biological equipment doesn't necessarily mean you want to make babies. Right. And and also, again, what I talk about, and like, it's nobody's business. Like, no one knows your reasoning at first hand why you don't want to have kids. We're right. having an open discussion about it. But just by meeting you, they can't assume they have no idea what your life story is and why you chose not to, or maybe it was wasn't even a choice you know there's another reason behind it exactly mm-hmm. um and so I'm, I'm actually really glad we're having this mm-hmm. conversation because it's not something that i think gets talked about very much um it's, it's getting there a little more you know like um you know and I'm, that's part of what i'm doing is trying to open the conversation but i think i think we're getting a little bit more comfortable about talking about it but i, I mean i still feel those pressures i was somewhere yesterday and someone asked me something about my kid you know yeah 
okay, I was getting my nails done. And, um, and then, you know, but then so this other woman was like, you don't have, do, or where's your child right now? You know, first of all, it's none of your business. It's two o'clock in the afternoon. And, uh, you know, and then I was like, I don't have any. And I, apparently this woman, she's a bit kooky. She didn't have kids either. She's like, see, see, she doesn't want them either. You know, like she just assumed, but I thought I've met you for two seconds. You don't know my story, you know? Well, and it's weird assumptions that people make. And I think more so as you get older, because I'm at a point now where people just assume that I'm a missus. And I kind of feel like saying, okay, Mrs. Jenkins is my mother. I am Dr. Jenkins. Mm -hmm. Now that I actually have that title, I am milking it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my God, I'm just going to go out for dinner with you just so you can make the (laughs) reservation under Dr. Jenkins. I've worked hard for that title. Damn right you have. Yes. (laughs) Okay, I want to go back to a couple things that you said. Um, So, first of all, your mom had you when she was 45. Mm -hmm. So, how was that growing up with an older mom? Both my parents were in their mid-40s mm-hmm. when I was born. It was a little challenging by times as a kid, in part because sometimes people assumed that my parents were my grandparents. Okay, yeah, I've seen, I've, I've seen that, or, I've, I've, you know, we've all been guilty of that, where you're not sure if it's mom or grandma. Exactly. Um, also, because they were a generation older mm-hmm. than most of my friends' parents, they tended to be a bit more strict. Yes. Uh, a little less hip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think... As I got older, it became, as a kid, there were inconveniences, social inconveniences. As a young adult, it became really challenging. Uh, my dad had his first heart attack when I was only 20. Wow. wow. And so that that kind of role reversal where the, the child starts parenting the parent happened when I was about that's, 20. That's young. And it's really young. And, you know, now I look back and go, man, that is so young, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the, it's the age or, you know, around the age of the students I'm now teaching. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I have students who are having similar experiences and they're having a hard time. And I go, yeah, I totally get this because I was just, you know, sort of testing my wings as a young adult and I got totally reeled back. Yeah, and having to to start taking care of your parents already. Exactly. And it it really altered my life course. Mm -hmm. And so I have a bit of a problem with people who have kids very late in life because I've been a product of that. Okay, yeah, because, you know, again, being on the cusp where I I could still have a child, you know, there, I don't really think there's a, a major cutoff age for having no. kids, but, um, you know, because my brother and my sister-in-law had kids very young, so they were always right. the youngest parents at everything, right? And I thought, there's something great about that. It's like, you're young and hip, you know, but I, I and I still want, want to be the hot mom at the playground, you right. know, but I'm, I know I'm already veering on that age of like getting a little bit older. If you want to go there, like, is, do you think there's an age cutoff for having kids or like, when do you think it's getting too old to have a child? I don't think there's an age mm-hmm. cutoff, but I do think that it's something that needs to be acknowledged and considered that if you're having children later, mm-hmm. that you really need to take care of your own health. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And there's a good possibility that they may be dealing with your different stages in life at a much younger age than they're necessarily prepared to deal like with. Like, in a sense, it's not fair, right? It's like I, I reference Mick Jagger having kids at, you know, yeah. 75 or, I don't know. Is that what, anyone? Yeah, he's about Something 70. Something like he's that. Yeah, he's in his 70s. Um, and I, I just think that's not fair, you know? Like, you're... 
I shouldn't say it's not fair, but you're you're not giving much opportunity to have bonding time with your child. Like I agree, but Mick Jagger is rolling in dough. Okay. So at least he he's, can... He's, the, the, the child will be fine. I realize that. The child will be okay. But but other people, let's say that with normal society, you know, having a, a child in your 60s, um, you know, yeah. th- there are women that can have kids at 60. But um, you, you, I, do, I agree with you. You have to think about that because it's not fair for to put those pressures, which you went through at at. 15, you know, 10 years of age, 15, to have to start looking after your parents. You still got to be a kid and a teenager. Yeah, And I mean, I I remember my parents when I was like 20 or early 20s having a conversation with me saying, you know, these are our wishes for end of life care and stuff. And I just lost it. I was so not ready to have that conversation. I mean, I wasn't ready to lose my parents. I was 20 years old. I was still just a kid myself. And then how old were they when they, or how old were you when they passed? Well, they lasted a really long time after that. Mm. And I'm, and I'm glad of Mm -hmm. that. I was about uh, 45. Yeah, I was about 45 when they died. Uh, They lived to be like 90 and 92. I mean, they did really, really well. Wow, that's amazing. But there was a lot of anxiety around their health for 25 yeah, years. Yeah, still, for you being 45, that's still young to lose your, your parents, I it think is. so. It is. And as I say, it, it really did alter my life mm. course and the decisions that I made. Right. Mm-hmm. One last thing I do want to get in. Um, I was thinking about a conversation I had with a woman who, at that time, she was turning 70. And she had decided not to have children. She had been married. Her husband passed away, I think, prematurely. They didn't have kids. And mm-hmm. She had decided not to have kids. And I remember her saying to me, when she was turning 70, I have never regretted that I didn't have kids. Wow. <laughs> I thought, thank you yeah, for telling yeah. me this. Well, that's amazing. You know, I mean, in a sense, she doesn't know what she's ever missed, True. right? And that's the thing. But, but I'm sure she's lived a happy, fulfilling yeah. life. And at 70, if she can say that, hallelujah to her. And it is, yeah. uh, you know, I will say the one sort of concern that I have at this point is a lot of people look to their kids to take care of them when they're older. Mm -hmm. And I mean, as someone who was expected to look after older parents, I kind of resent that. Mm -hmm. I just assume, you know, hopefully I live to be a a long old age, you know, and I just hope that I will be put in a nice nursing home and the nurses will look after me. Like I'm not... You know, or should I have a child? Maybe, but that's not uh, again another reason for me to have a child. I'm not expecting someone Agreed. to take care of me. You know, I agree. I don't think it's a good enough reason mm-hmm. to have kids, and and it's not a guarantee. You know, your your child can fuck off and go live yeah. in Thailand and not come home when you're yeah. on your deathbed. You know, and I've and I've witnessed a lot mm-hmm. of that as well. It isn't a guarantee. I think that people have to be making sensible decisions and planning ahead for their own aging Mm. and have adequate resources so that they can find ways to age in ways that make sense for them. Um, And when your mother had passed, did you ever feel any guilt that you never gave her that grandchild she wanted? None whatsoever. And did you find that it was at peace? Your relationship was at peace and everything? She accepted you for making that decision? I don't know that she accepted that decision 
specifically, uh, we had a rather difficult relationship. Mm. Um, we did find peace before she passed, which was a huge deal for me, because mm -hmm. I'm the one who has to live with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was perhaps part of the issues that we had. We were, um, in the ways that we were alike, we were almost identical, and <laughs> so we butted heads. And in the ways in which we diverged, we were polar opposites, and mm -hmm. so we butted heads. Uh, so it was a challenging relationship. But I put a lot of time and energy into my parents' care, especially when Sounds they like were elderly. And, you know, they moved into a retirement home, but... You know, I was in touch daily. I was visiting daily towards the a lot end. Of stress and pressure, um, on you. Yeah. and it was a lot of stress and pressure. But I don't regret that mm -hmm. um, at all. I think the thing is, by the time my mother passed, she had dementia, and so I'm sure that the earlier conversations and disagreements that we had had on certain issues were long forgotten. Mm -hmm. Well, that's tough, though. It still sounds, you know, like it was a very, very hard time. It was a very challenging time, and I, I, it's not something I would wish mm -hmm. on anybody. Do your siblings accept you for who you are and the choices you've made? Do you still feel some pressures from them? or I haven't really felt pressure from them around, you know, having kids. Mm -hmm. I think that increasingly they accept me for who I am. There is sometimes some judgment around that, but I think less around not having kids and more around why aren't you in relationship. Um, I think there are fewer issues now that I have a more stable income and job. I'm seen as being a bit more respectable. Mm -hmm. um, and and you, it sounds like you, got, you have many nieces and nephews, right? I do. That you get to hang out with? Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah. And, and now they range in age from like four to uh, 40s. Okay. Which is That's fascinating. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And then you've got all your animals, maybe some more cats. Yeah. Okay. Well, it, it has been just so interesting talking to you today. Thank um, you. I wish Thanks we could for go having longer. me. Like, you've got so many great views and points. And, uh, you know, I think you uh, really have a strong sense of opinions about it. And, and you've made the right choices. And it's empowering to see that by the choices you've made, you're living a happy, fulfilling life. And, you know, you're on this solo journey, which is awesome as well. And you're open to seeing... What, what happens? Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm really excited with where my life is at right now. And I'm looking forward to getting back to some of my mm. own writing through the summer. And I am very happy and very fulfilled yeah. with who I and am. a lot of freedom. A lot and of freedom. A lot of freedom. And, you know, the right choice for me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the important thing is Absolutely. people have to make the right choice for, for themselves. Them. Okay. That's been very inspiring. Thank you so much, Dr. Catherine Jenkins. Um, this has been All Kidding Aside Podcast. If you want to comment or ask us any questions, you can send an email at allkiddingasidepodcast at gmail.com. I've been your host, Crystal Bartelzi. Till next time. That's been our podcast, All Kidding Aside. I've been your host, Crystal Bartenzi. And if you like what you're listening to, why not go on iTunes and subscribe? And you can even leave us a review. Five stars would be amazing. And if you want to get in touch with us with any comments or questions, you can reach us at allkiddingasidepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.